position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 221 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you. You, 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 and you, especially that guy over there, you, on this um, late uh, Sunday, the 19th of February, 2017, at 21.11 p.m. Pacific Coast Time, making it 2017.02.19. Yes. (coughs) Excuse me. Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth is holding up the whiskey sign. Good, I could call Ivor. He also says hello to all of you out there in Radio Land and is looking for employment because yes, Ivor, you're fired. Um, we have a we we got a late start this week. I'm sorry about that. Um, on the 17th, uh, our 3D printer arrived, and also. There was some humongous game news that arrived. Plus, I had to do extra work this week to map out several, like, retractions and stuff. All of which we'll get to in our top stories, straight ahead, coming at you, when Ivor? Right now! Here, let's drink this whiskey first, though. Yum, 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 yum. Mmm. 
So, our top stories. Sorry there was no column last week as promised, but kind of as animated earlier, um, we've been 3D printing, we've been trapped in the world of 3D printing um, for most of the week. Uh, so that's one thing that we have to get out of the way. Sorry, that was our bad. No column for last week. There's already a column up this week for this week's episode. It is about a game that we'll be talking much about, but you can check that out and find it at www.bestlinuxgames.com uh, Look for the link up at the top of the screen that says, Look Column! Uh, now, for for like the mea culpa, which really should be what we're focusing on here, we fucked up a little bit in a kind of a weird way in last week's episode. Uh, last week's episode, we ended up running with the headline um, Is Civ 6 playing us for suckers? And it ultimately turned out to be like a freewheeling. I had a very good time doing that episode, and I didn't really have like rigorous notes for it or anything. Um, so I kind of got off topic, and ultimately I ended up biting off a lot more than I could chew, and a lot more ultimately than I felt was fair to you know kind of saddle Civilization Six with, um, blah. So. First of all, one of the things that I forgot to mention in terms of like the Linux, um, the the disparity in terms of release dates for Linux ports and why there is and why there is likely to always be, um, if you're a realist, there's likely to always be a a, a disparity between the major st- the street dates for major systems like Windows and stuff like that, um, and this is likely to continue for the foreseeable future, you know, at least the next five to ten years, there's a disparity between when games are released for for Windows, and then when they are ported to Linux, and I forgot to mention that like, one of the reasons why Feral Interactive is so good at kicking out great ports of recent, but not by no means, you know, like bam, smash, in your face like AAA as of yesterday titles, is that part of the development model for um, releasing games these days, at least in terms of cross-system compatibility, is to make sure that you have it right on the main system first. So whatever main system is your target market, which, you know, I hate to say is going to be Windows for a long time and at least has been Windows for all of, you know, gaming history, more or less, you want to get that game working right for your main market before you release. This is something that Batman, the most recent Batman game failed at. It didn't come out well for any fucking release, um, for any for any operating system. You want to get your main release right, and then you want to focus on porting that release once it's all completely stable and finished, more or less. Then you want to spend the extra money to port it to ancillary markets like Linux. And this makes sense in a lot of different ways, because one of the things that prevents is game publishers is the risk that game publishers would lose money or expect to make a bigger return off of uh, publishing a Linux port in line with you know, their main port. It eliminates all the problems and complications of, of multi of, of multi-system gaming from the developer's perspective. And it kind of 
insulates the Linux community from having to deal with whatever potential backlash there may be of a game that might just be specifically difficult to port to Linux in any satisfactory manner um, in line with the development process or actual release process of it for Windows. So we forgot to even mention that. And that, by the way, is the hallmark of why Feral Interactive, apart from the fact that they're badass Dark Jedi motherfuckers who port, who do fabulous fucking ports to Linux of AAA, recent AAA games, um, we forgot to mention that as another paradigm slash another force you know, blah. Also, I want to really sincerely retract and say that I regret ultimately putting the headline up that, you know, is Civilization VI playing us for suckers? Because it re- that whole rant wasn't really even about Civilization VI, and uh, I just got carried away, and uh, not even in like a vicious against Civilization VI, but we talked about a lot of different shit in those 10, 15 minutes of that episode and uh, it just kind of got away from me and, you know, hey, we all make mistakes sometimes, and this is radio, you know, it's only me and Ivor here, and Ivor who we fired already today we fired him, that's why you're fired, Ivor for not reining us in of course you touch me again, Ivor, and I will fucking break your hand Um, it's difficult to, you know it's difficult to put together a huge show, especially with topics that are like this multifaceted and feel that you give everyone a fair enough shake and stuff. Ah, also, this kind of fed into why there was no column last week because I've kind of started getting obsessed with um, how fascinating it is that the Civilization series from 1995, almost every five years there's been a Civilization game and yet they do not, if you were to archaeologically look at all of the Civilization games in sequence that's like, that that roughly correlates to every major hardware and uh, user interface and um, personal computing revolution of the last you know, 30 years-ish 25 years-ish something like that uh it's very interesting to see how Civ actually does not give an archaeological, semiotic kind of uh, touchstone to the technology itself. Um, if you look back at all the games. Anyway, and so I got lost in, in just fucking La La Land with that shit, trying to write the column for last week. And then the 3D printer came and away we went. Um... Let's see, what else do I have in my notes? I will punch up my fucking notes, you prick! Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. Indeed it is. Every week. Every ponderous week. Um, Let's see. And ultimately, finally, in terms of, like, the, uh, the first-class citizen argument for, like, um, having, having Linux releases not be delayed by huge amounts as unrealistic as a dream as it may be what's important is that we see and we have seen over the last two years since we started this podcast we've seen significant winnowing of it we want to see a winnowing of that major OS release street date gap versus how long it takes before they finally decide to port to Linux, because ultimately one of the deciding factors for gamers is going to be whether or not they can play relatively the latest titles, and 
and it shouldn't be relatively the latest titles. It should be the latest titles of the games that their friends are playing on other competing operating systems, and that will be the deciding factor, ultimately. If you can jump on in a game within, you know, three months, four months, one fiscal quarter, roughly, of all your friends playing whatever the newest Counter-Strike you know, blah is on your Linux box, then ultimately that will virally and cumulatively persuade other people to build Linux boxes themselves and run Steam instead of Windows, and that is how, ultimately, and then we will win! So, um, so I just want to see a a continuous winnowing of it, and I'm... I try to strike a balance between like the very bitter and angry, hateful aspect of it, where like, you know, uh, the folks behind The Witcher 2 who decided to run their entire game in a virtualization layer that was packaged and wrapped with whatever way they, um, with whatever their Steam distribution for Linux of that game was. Um, And then they had some problems with it, but now that technology is pretty much perfected to a point that I'm fairly comfortable with that and I think that if you want to go that route, I, you know, I'm not hypercritical of, of studios who want to release essentially a prepackaged, you know, play on Linux kind of thing or a wine kind of thing provided that it is not obvious to your average user um, and that there is no performance penalty to your average user for the, those sorts of things running on Linux I'm pretty okay with that because that just opens and widens the um, broad range of titles that are available for Linux that can entice people to come and play a first-class experience, even though it's not exactly free and open source um, and not designed to run on Linux, which is something that you know you want to encourage on the other end. I'm not a hardliner in that... Um, and what and through my exploration this week of these topics, which I have not revisited basically since the pretty much the beginning of this podcast, um, I took another look at Play on Linux, and I'm looking at Play on Linux for several things, um, investigating it, doing some stuff with it, playing with it, toying with it, vibrating it, checking out its tensile strength. Uh, vibro oscillator, you know, viscosity, and uh, whether or not um, it can tolerate uh, 17 vibrosonic dilophones orthographically projected into it at once. Um, you know, because we want the scream factor, but you know, we we do need we do need to serve the FOSS. And yeah, of course, all that made no sense because it was just gibberish that I was. But anyway, you get the idea. Maybe. Okay, so this week. We have a feature also in our top stories. Um, oh, wait, okay, before feature, we have another correction, and this was something that I did, you know, it was kind of impossible for me to fail, but, for me to not fail on, but I did say last week that Anima Gate of Memories has nothing to do with Bayonetta. Well, that was before I played it, and I played it, like, immediately after... I said that, and it so wants to be Bayonetta. In fact, after playing it, it is trying so hard to be Bayonetta that it's like, you have to be like, culturally deaf. You have to be like, the Trump administration to like, you know, fucking like, oh, to like, 
complaints of fascism and stuff like that for you to miss how hardcore uh, anime gate of memories uh, wants to be banana it's okay I had I have not played it significant amounts of time I've had a lot of difficulty actually budgeting time this week to play a lot of games because there have been so many super huge releases so which leads us to our feature for this week um all of which will be kind of bunched underneath the new and noteworthy category for purposes of my sanity as well as the purposes of your own we have seen two awesome games that have come out for Linux this week and a third that is still in early access but is very much eagerly anticipated so Ivor why don't you hit them with the his thing hit them with the hip hip hippity hop oh come on oh I said a hip hop, the hipping, the hipping to the hip hip hop. You don't stop the clock into the bang bang bookie. Say up jump the bookie to the rhythm of the bookie, the beat. Now what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat. And me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to groove your feet. See, I am Wonder Mike, and I'd like to say hello to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, the purple, and the yellow. But first, I gotta bang, bang, the boogies of the boogies say, up, jump, the boogies of the bang, bang, boogie, let's rock. You don't stop, rock the rhythm that will make your body rock. Well, so far, you've heard my voice, but I brought two friends along. So yes, of course, thank you, Brian. That was, of course, my main man, my homie, if you will. My homie, Brian Williams, doing Rapper's Delight. If you've not seen that video, I highly encourage all of you, all of you out there in Radioland to go and video it with your own little eyeballs, your own little glazzies. Uh, Ivor, why don't you hit us with the hip to the hop to the hippity hop? Yeah, come on, you're funky, Ivor, hit it. I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Alright, thank you, Ivor. Yes, indeed. New and noteworthy for this week. I know it's late, but hey, better late than never. Better better last and correct than first and incorrect. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors, we can now scratch off another... We need a sound effect for this, of us scratching... Although I... I, I, I'm reticent at the idea of, like, having a hideous chalkboard screen. We can scratch off another game that Scooky Sprite and the entire world has waited to arrive on Linux, both in franchise form or in type of game form. Because, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... Hitman is here. Yes. Speaking of which, this is what our column this week is all about. With the hip to the hop to the hippity hop. Hitman has finally arrived on Linux. This is a port of done by Feral Interactive of the uh, Hitman game that was released last year. It just came out on uh, the 17th of this month. It offers... Now, okay, so I kind of wanted to go on like a big rant about why Hitman is so important to me, etc. But I don't really know that 
we should do that right now. We should save that for when I review this Hitman port. Um, all you need to know is that despite fair, I played it for four hours. This is a you know a new or noteworthy mention, not a feature, not a review. Our feature article, our column this week is a feature though. Um, I played it for four hours. Hitman simplify, takes the old school formula of Hitman reboots it gives it the feral interactive world class porting treatment so that you can feel like a first class motherfucker as you walk into that VIP lounge with your, oh silver ball is blazing actually you don't have silver ballers yet at least insofar as I've played but whatever weapon of your choice a blazing or just a slumbering silently in your nice little suit um, barcode on the back of the neck generally generally back of the cranium barcode you see that your security you are doing a massive disservice to your client if you do not tackle that man and make him die immediately Hitman provides the first legit Linux exposure to the Hitman series and it seems like they're going to it's uh what do you call it one of those uh they're rolling out new shit all the time for this. This is Hitman series episodes one through whatever or whatever. Um, with new episodes coming later, I guess. Um, it's all very confusing, all very new, all very exciting. Oh my god, did I mention that Hitman has come to Linux? You're right, Ivor! For the first time ever. Whiskey for Hitman and Germany. Ooh. A hip to the hop to the hippity hop. Hitman to the beat. Oh, yes. We are talking seriously awesome. One of the coolest things that I've experienced so far in Hitman, um, which is a reboot of the entire series evidently you can go read the column for like a detailed blow by blow of like what I love oh love sweet love and long and love young that's right hitman takes the old school formula of the original Hitman 2 Silent Assassin and updates it, innovates it, chops channels, lowers and lures it with a simplified um, simplified approach to the entire freeform experiment at your peril and continuously experiment for literally, in my case, took about 40 hours before I could get Silent Assassin rank on most of the missions, it was a three-year process. The first year not being actually played, first year I beat the game just on Mass Murderer, wherever I could. Um, but then I came back to it, and you can read about that. Now it simplifies it, adding inner... Okay, so let's say each mission is a run. Anyway, I don't want to get too deep into this shit, because we still have two other titles that we must talk about. But Hitman has come to Linux. Keep your ears peeled and eyes posted to you hear with your ears and see with your eyes. Uh, posted to this sight reading experiment uh, next week 
hopefully I will log at least between now and then I will log at least 60 hours of Hitman and I'll be able to tell you it's expensive but it is the first time Hitman has arrived on Linux and it's not in a bastardized form at least that I can tell four hours in this is not Hitman absolution this is the good times of Hitman simplified a little bit like a la Hitman 2 Silent Assassin Hitman Contracts and Hitman Blood Money which were the three best games that they ever made in the series um, so keep your ears peeled to here for a full review until then if you're as big a fan of the series as I am then I know what you're gonna do you're just gonna go buy it that's cool I'm not gonna blame you for waiting personally I have yet to be disappointed by it coolest thing though is this simplification of approaches to an assassination within an individual run of each assassination you can find different tracks that you want to follow that once you decide that you're going to follow that track live in game it organizes like your mission waypoints and stuff like the stuff that you're going to need to do to make that happen which some purists might initially balk at, and I kind of initially balked at. I only discovered this about an hour and a half ago in terms of in-game time stuff. Um, but I do have to say, it does collapse neatly the fact that prior to this, you need to spend 40 hours on a mission to get Silent Assassin. So that's hip to the hop to the hip. Hip, man. Agent 47, Mr. Heinz, 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 Heinz. Oh, bam, bam, bam. Oh, yes. Hitman is now available for Linux. Fucking historic. So, up next, I know that if you've been listening to the show, especially the last, uh, man, I'm having a hard time breaking out of of that beat. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) just in terms of inside of my head. Um, If you've been listening to the show, especially the last, like, three months, um, then you know that I've been a big fan of Insurgency, which I've played, especially over the last two weeks, a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Insurgency is like a Counter-Strike killer. It's an older game. It's very cheap. It's made our uh, deal section several times. It's a tactical first-person shooter, massively multiplayer, um, squad-based game where, you know, uh, it's just like Counter-Strike, but uh, it doesn't suck like Counter-Strike does anymore. Uh, c- provides a nice balance between realism and uh, action and freeform uh, tactics with massive squad-based strategy that's like, you know, level map-based strategy type of stuff. Um, well, one of the games that I've been anxiously awaiting is there is this the people who made Insurgency, uh, which wow, I, I don't know why I can't see this on the main page. It's amazing. No, it's amazing. Anyway, one of the games that they've also been working on, which is much more modern and is way in early access, is Day of Infamy, which is their take of Insurgency into the world of World War II. So...
yeah, here's a great one. Dragon Dance's Steam review says, if Dave Defeat and Insurgency had a baby and fed it only prime steak, this would be that baby. For those of you who don't remember what Dave Defeat was, then you have not been playing Counter-Strike anywhere near as long as I have, because I remember when Dave Defeat came out, and that was like years after I've been playing Counter-Strike. But anyway, Day of Infamy, which is in early access, very much early access, was released um, sometime uh, last year. I'm looking. Release date, July 28th, 2016. Only recently did it add Linux support. Um, Let me look. Let me see if I can find out exactly when. Hmm. Anyway, bottom line is, if you now you can play the latest from the guys who made the supremely well-balanced awesomeness that is Insurgency. You can now play their next game live online, um, like a first-class citizen. First-class citizen. Um, that would be Day of Infamy, which builds itself as uh, shit. Friendly air! Day of Infamy, the creators of Insurgency present the next installment of their successful first-person shooter platform with Day of Infamy, featuring tactical close-quarters World War II engagements across a wide range of multiplayer and co-op scenarios. Day of Infamy is a highly intense, teamwork-rewarding experience. Um, user reviews so far, uh, overall, very positive. 85% of the 2,402 reviews for this game are positive. And then recently, 85% of the 288 uh, user reviews in the last 30 days are positive, and I can understand why. I've only played 16 minutes of it, because I'm still trying to fucking grapple with Insurgency, um, which is super fun, but Dave of Me also released this week, more or less. It's new to us, if for no one else, and I can't quite nail down exactly when they ported, when they opened up the Linux port of Dave of Me, but it was recently, um, more or less. Uh, okay, so, Finally, in our new and noteworthy, and we we don't actually have a feature this week because evidently we're running long on time and we want to keep this to a kind of a short episode. Um, And we only have one deal for you. Finally, in our new and noteworthy, Zangeki Warp came out. Z-A-N-G-E- E-K-I Warp came out, which is um, Astro Port, the maker from the same makers uh, who brought you um, in order, and I went, I, I went, I spent an hour assembling this chart. Astro Port's games that were published for Linux in order. Cetasius, 2011. Gigantic Army, 2014, which is their Cybernator-inspired blah. Armored 7, March 15th. Uh, Supercharged Robot Volkaiser, June 15th. Steel Strider, November 2015. Wolf Flame, April 16th. And now Zengeki Warp, February 17th. Fuck it, Ivor, I don't care. Hit them with that feature funky, funky music that you know I love. What do you mean, no? 
Are you hired and then fire yourself when you're done? What do you think? Oh my god. It's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's teacher. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Libyans! Okay, so that. So. There we go. I guess we're out of out of the new and noteworthy. We'll just do this feature and then we'll call it a day. Um, our feature this week is, of course, Zengeki Warp. Um, but it's weird because like I don't want to run this as a feature because I want to run Hitman as the feature because this is blah. But anyway, we'll call it Hitman Zengeki Warp and then we'll compromise and we'll use Zengeki Warp screenshot for the screenshot for the episode. How's that? Then everyone gets to walk away happy. So later on when we run Hitman as a feature review, then you'll know. Okay, so here's what's cool about Zengeki Warp. Zengeki Warp, as mentioned in other episodes of this podcast previously, uh, especially like two weeks ago, we did an episode where we talked about coming attractions that are torturing us. Zengeki Warp is Astro Boy, and now Astroport Port's latest side-scrolling space shooter. Now, Astroport makes new side-scrolling shooters that are fabulous and based off of almost exclusively um, the play mechanics, control mechanics, design schema, and um, overall design ethos of very obscure, very excellent, and very forgotten, a la Cybernator, um, games from the Super NES era of side-scrolling shooters. An era that was overpopulated with side-scrolling shooters might be widely regarded as one of the all-time golden ages of uh, a video video game type. Side-scrolling space shooters. I know Jojo Gimon Kendall would argue that EDF, which was a vertically top-down um, a la um, Tiger Heli side-scrolling, uh, uh, vertically scrolling shooter, one of the golden ages of two-dimensional space shooters. Um, Astroport makes crazy games that update, that take the best aspects, or some of the best aspects, or attempts to take some of the best aspects of these types of games, the best of them, mostly the forgotten ones, like Cybernator, which is one of the greatest games I've ever played in my entire fucking life. Cybernator was a a two-dimensional side-scrolling mech game that I've often tried to remember the name of on the show occasionally with, you know, with varying degrees of success. Anyway, Astroport's degree of success in terms of their finished product has always been a mixed bag, more or less. You always want to support them because they generally, they've only made one game that did not release for Linux along with everything else. And they make these really awesome inspired by the play mechanics of slash also improve improvements on the play mechanics of classic shooter titles that um, now only live in the world of MAME and and uh, you know Nesticle or Genesis or or um I can't remember what the Super NES emulator is for, but I, or what the name of Super Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, or whatever the fuck, blah. So they've been a mixed bag. Generally, they're offered for very cheap prices. Zengeki Warp is no exception. However, Zengeki Warp 
differs from all of the other Astro Port games that have ever been made available for Linux, which started... Really, they, they, they hit right before we started doing this show in 2014 with uh, Gigantic Army, which was their cybernator re-envisioning of... It has some problems. All of Astro Port's games, more or less, have some problems, generally. Except for Zengeki Warp. Zengeki Warp is not only their first really polished, complete... And this is just... I, I've only played it for two hours, but it's pretty exciting... Um, especially in the sense that, and, and just in a self-serving note, that the game is as exciting and does live up to my initial feelings when I saw when I when I featured it in our coming attractions, being tortured by coming attractions episode, because it does more or less live up to all the craziness that I thought that its basic premise uh, portended. The essential problem not problem, the essential conflict of Zangeki Warp, which is a traditional side-scrolling R-type styled, two-dimensional side-scrolling space fighter is that what do you get when so these types of games have always relied on destroying the, um, the player's character by overwhelming them and tricking them into making mistakes that send them headlong into bullets, timing errors, or crashing into um, geographical uh, features of the map or other enemies or bosses. So what do you get when you eliminate basically the psycho school of uh, of uh, killing the player character by overwhelming them with bullet patterns or confusing them with bullet patterns or with just a sheer amount of action on the screen, what do you get when you give the player and the player's ship the ability to not only stop time but instantaneously warp as they stop time to any place on the map? Because then you have to rebalance the fundamental conceits of the entire R-type, two-dimensional, side-scrolling space shooter genre. Because now, if you can stop time at any point, and then warp anywhere, then you can be, like, one pixel away from dead as, like, you know, a five different bullets are about to hit you, and bam, you can be over here, motherfucker. So, how how do you make this game? There are bad ways that I could see it being made. Like There are bad design flaws I could see being introduced to this like for instance well we need to constantly overwhelm them with an unremitting psycho times 200 caliber degree of unfairness um, and difficulty in terms of the bullet patterns and attack patterns of our enemies or you could see it as um, or you could see it being as just unfairly timed because in order to warp away from anything you have to be able to know that you're about to die even by half a second so then we can just make everything completely unfair no Zengeki Warp takes the best aspects of this premise and makes a game ultimately fashions from the this basic premise that is 
almost entirely unique in the history of space shooters because it's very fair, it's brutally, ridiculously hard, and it is incredibly unlike anything else that you've ever played. However, it is also deeply, deeply satisfying once you master your own fear, your own tactical understanding of what's going on, when you need to warp, when you don't need to warp, and doesn't do so, doesn't accomplish this by overwhelming you with bullet patterns, which it could do, or of um, boss encounters that are just entirely fair, or just of enemies with constantly shifting timing patterns. Instead, it gives you a very traditional archetype experience that ultimately the geography is very opposed to you which forces you to master the warp capabilities along with the other aspects of the ship all of which are upgradable this is not a review, this is a feature and create something almost entirely new that is fantastically difficult, gives you a tremendous sense of accomplishment is super fun to replay over and over again as you try out different um, customizations of your ship each level adds plus three points to the like five or six different ways in which your ship can be customized. Um, but ultimately, it's really uh, it really tests your ability to learn how to use this simple mechanic. Because when you warp, you also cut through whatever it is that you warp, so you can damage shit. You can warp through walls. You can... Um, is, the second level is a level that's built essentially based entirely out of traps. The third level is like a kind of a hybrid of the first and second level. The first level being like, welcome to Zangeki Warp. You can warp through walls that would otherwise destroy you. You know, you can warp to hurt enemy bosses that would otherwise kill you. But, like, when you have a boss that careens from one side of the screen almost at will, like, almost in an untimable fashion that gives you no cue that I'm now going to rush you, motherfucker, you have to learn how to respond on, like, a very neurological level to that kind of confusion, like, something happening that is way too fast for me, I must warp. And then you start to learn boss patterns and and stuff like that, and, uh, the cruelty of the game, the brutal, brutal, humiliating wickedness of the game just makes it so much more enjoyable. It is the finest, in my in my humble opinion so far, is my favorite Astroport release and is the first truly unique Astroport release uh, along these lines. They make, you know, these, these um, obscure types of uh, homage shooters to obscure types of shooters that, you know, blah, but this is them after five, six years of development, they have now started to release games that are actually, I think they're coming into their own and uh, both in artistic style the control mechanics are great, um, I wish that they would get on board with the USA Windows slash Linux idea of like um, start button and stuff like that but uh, it's it's the sky is the limit it's from, that's where that's where they can go with Zengeki Warp, it's the most polished of their games by far um, it shows signs of real legitimate genius like out of whole cloth 
uh, on the port of Astro port um, and the developer who runs it, he's I think he only speaks Japanese or something because I can't find any way to get in touch with him um, if you can help me on that then let me know, I'd love to interview this guy even just in text even just an IRC or like emailing him some questions, anyway it is super punishingly hard you will really really like it if you're a super fan of two-dimensional side-scrolling shooters space shooters, then Zangeki Warp, which is spelled Z-A-N-G-E-K-I W-A-R-P Zangeki Warp is for you, came out February 15th, 2017 it is now through February 22nd, 10% off at $5.39 but don't worry about that uh, the full price is 6 bucks. check it out check out the videos, check out some of the fan base videos of the later levels you will see what a different game this is than any other shooter of its type and uh, appreciate it. So, to recap oh yeah, and the, so that's our feature for Zengeki Warp and then everyone's favorite, the deals, we only have one deal that's still valid um, right now, Doom and Destiny through um, tomorrow, February 21st, is 50% off at $4.99 everyone's favorite JRPG parody this is the original Doom and Destiny, not Doom and Destiny Advance, which is not as good. So check that out um, and pick it up $4.99. Uh, and then to recap all the titles that we had this week, we had Hitman, which came out for Linux on the 17th, uh, Zingeki Warp, Day of Infamy, and uh, I think that's it. That'll do us. Right, Ivor? Hit him with the... Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to go play some Hitman so I can get ready for this week's interview. Cheers, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, I I'll see you in a few days. Check out the column this week on Hitman if you want to know more about Hitman. Alright, later days. Four or five times A good idea. Four or five times Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times It is I. E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada, yada, yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop 1. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop 2. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Three, yada, yada, e, four or five times. Matt Damon. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die.
now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice. Hello, you ain't got no choice, so please do not flip that coin. This is not the military, so you punks can join. And when a hardcore rapper goes soft, I love to watch when he asks for an off. There's nothing like kicking like a sucky MC and any other rappers ever wish to talk about me. Well, I don't stop rapping. That's all they can say. And I mean, I dog bitches every day, but if you can't be a dog, then you are weak. Funny. Like a sideshow freak. So, when I'm on the stairs, I start pimping. And when I'm in my car, I play Clinton. And when I hear your shit, I press eject and throw it out the window with the rejects. While you are in the studio, I am in the trunk.